Hello, this is Patrick, and it's time for Real Herbalism Radio. Real herbs, real life, real easy. Brought to you by thepracticalherbalist.com and sponsored by Mountain Rose Herbs, your source for high-quality, organic, bulk herbs, gourmet spices, loose-leaf teas, essential oils, herbal extracts, and natural body care ingredients. Visit them at mountainroseherbs.com. Herbalists everywhere are looking for ways to spread a little holiday cheer. The easy herbal gifts we'll be discussing today are sure to bring a smile to faces young and old. Join us as we talk about our favorite make-it-at-home herbal holiday projects. Now here are your hosts, Candice Hunter and Sue Sierra Lupe. I'm Candice Hunter. And I'm Sue Sierra Lupe. And, and welcome, welcome to Real Herbalism Radio. One of my favorite things about the fall is the chance to make herbal gifts. Oh, because you're crafty. Yeah, I am. <laughs> <laughs> and this gives me an excuse yes. to make up for it. Now, I don't look as crazy in the fall as right. I do the rest of the well, year. Well, yeah, maybe. But everybody else is doing <laughs> Everyone it. Everyone else is doing it, too. That's true. That's true. It's, it's, it's choose, choose the people around you. There are so many fun little things that you can do. And some yes. of them are things that you save from summer. And some of them are showing up in the fall to use right. for fall gifts. Yeah, well, one of the ones I loved that you've been talking about off and on through this last fall was your mom's chili pepper ornaments. You know, they're so cute. They're so cute. So, you know what I did? I husked my corn mm-hmm. all 24 years, I think it was, and mm-hmm. I saved all the little husks. Uh-huh. And I dried them out so we can make the little chili pepper ornaments. Oh, nice. Yep. Yeah, they're pretty cute. And they're very simple. And I think that yeah. my mom... Uh, originally, when she made them, she hung them on her tree because she wanted a little more red. And she's my mother yeah. was very artistic. Yeah. So when she would look at her Christmas tree, there had to be certain colors in certain places. Now, probably balance. Yes, it was lovely. And the uh, grandkids always helped her hang things up. And there'd be four or five ornaments per branch. Yeah, it was amazing. <laughs> and they are all gorgeous. Wow. And the ones that the kids had made, they she had the child's name on it, a little Aww. tag, and then the year they made it. Oh, sweet, super cute. So this one was a nice way of just putting something fresh on the tree. Yeah. So when she did hers, did she use fresh chili peppers? She did use fresh chili peppers. And she originally started with just the conventional ones that are like a half half of a finger length. They're often called them super together. chilies. Now. Super chilies, yeah. yeah. And they were very tiny. Mm-hmm. And she uh, started with just it was some other pattern from a magazine that she, she did. And as the years progressed, they got a little more... Uh, exciting. She would add little buttons to the front of them, Cute. or sometimes yeah. they'd be longer. Sometimes they would have a tiny little animal, like a little oh, teeny. Cute. Like uh, a miniature little reindeer. Right. Oh, yeah. Something like exactly. So exactly. And she had that tight on there. Like little charms. Cute. Cute. Yes. It was very, very cute. cute. And very nice. The, the ribbons would get fancier and fancier. But the one that we have done, we have a video. Yeah, the one we filmed for the, we used the cayennes. I really like the way that looked. They They're so nice. long and thin and almost elegant. I yes, like them. Very nice. And those were very simple to do. It just took us a few minutes. Yeah. And then the traditional tie that you have where you just have your corn husks. They're tied, and then you tie on an extra one. It, it, an extra chunk of corn husk. Yes. Yeah, and you cut the corn husk, the little extra strip of corn husk in mm-hmm. half. Yeah. And then tie the ribbon or, or tie the, the other, your second corn husk around right. it like a ribbon. It's really pretty. Yeah. And you it's can. It's so simple. You can, you can hang them up, and they will dry. 
yeah. on their own, and, and then they kind of have a little a crinkle look to it. So it yeah. reflects. I remember it reflecting the Christmas lights nice. with the individual little shiny crinkles on the pepper. Yeah. So that was an extra nice. fun little thing. And then you know, holidays are over, and you can use them for cooking. You can eat your <laughs> ornaments. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> yeah, that well, that fun. was one of the things I loved about doing the restraws. Those mm. are one of those ones that. I hang them up as decorations, but also as a, you know, oh, look, I'm out of chili peppers. Let's go just, just cut off the bottom, right. you know. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, and just and with cooking, you're just needing a little. Right. Just a little yeah. tiny bit because it can be very overpowering. Right. I like to use the super chilies or other smaller size chilies on those as well. But you could use any size, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, the poblanos won't dry very well by air. But right. The, they're fleshy. They're yeah, very the fleshy. fleshy ones won't. But the pasillas would dry. They air dry really nicely, so you could mm. do those. Yeah, it depends on the thickness of the seed pod itself. Yeah, it seems, and also the yeah. environment. If you've yeah. got, you we know, have a damp environment here. Right. Yeah, we're in the Pacific Northwest, and there's right. moisture everywhere. So right. a food dryer you could definitely use for that, or throw it in your oven or something. Right. Or heck, you know, if you're pres- just preserving them, throw them in some oil. Yeah, you know, stick them in the oh, wall. Yeah. And those don't would look even really pretty it. if you put them in a pretty jar and a yes. nice ribbon around the top. That'd be a beautiful gift. Yeah, and the oil is so just a little tiny bit. And even if you're if you have some pain, just just a regular sticking those fleshy pods in there and then covering it up with a uh, olive oil, and then taking a little bit of that olive oil yeah. once it's set for a bit and putting on a, a arthritis. In the winter, yep, it no. does. It works really fast. So you can use it either to yeah. to cook with mm-hmm. or for medicinal, topically. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a very nice gift. That is a pretty little gift. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a lot of a lot of great things, and we did another little video today, and it wasn't a pepper related. Uh, yeah, we did. <laughs> we did the ristras, which were super simple, and the mm-hmm. chili pepper ornaments were super simple. Yep. And then we went on to the slightly harder, but honestly, they were marginally harder. Yeah. You know, the they, pomodors. They, the pomodors, yeah. yes. And oh, my goodness. So it, 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 if you're an impatient person like myself. Yeah, pomodors are maybe not a great project. Like one, you yeah. might be able to do one. You can do one. Yeah, I, I was impressed to do one. And I had an orange, and oranges are big. Yeah, and you have to use the big ones because the little oranges often don't have the thick enough skin. Right, because you're trying to push a clove into, into it. it. And for yes. those that are unfamiliar, the it traditionally you're seeing an orange that's just covered in clove. And it yeah. smells wonderful, it's, and it'll dry, and then it'll pretty. kind of shrink down a little bit. And it kind of sucks in, it holds, grips the cloves it better does. as it dries. Yes. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And most of the time it's it's held by a ribbon, but you can have it in a bowl with a couple of other fun little things. And they smell wonderful. I, I wish mm-hmm. that we had smell-o-vision. Because <laughs> yeah, so everyone could smell. Yeah. It was really strong. It was nice. We zested little um, uh, designs into them, and the scent was just that was amazing. Yeah. I think that it overpowered us a little bit. A little bit. Yeah, we were a little tired <laughs> after that. Yeah. We were all standing around yawning. <laughs> like, oh, I feel great. Yeah. So, yeah, I liked the idea of you doing lemons and limes for it. Mm-hmm. The lemon we did was really pretty. Yeah. That turned out. I mean, the lime, the lemon had a slightly tougher skin, so I used an all to poke the hole for the cloves. Right. But I didn't poke Otherwise it super deep. Yeah, exactly. I broke several cloves that way. So the all made a big difference. Yeah. It was a lot easier to poke them into the oranges, the orange skin than the lemon skin. Right. And it's still, it, it's tight. Again, with the tangerines, those, as they dry, they get looser. 
Right. So that yeah, because be the just, skin isn't as as thick. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So you'd really need to have something with a thicker flesh. And I have seen the limes done, and they're so pretty. And pretty. again, they so where, where you've used the zester, it gets a little darker. So it's like yeah. these tracings, almost tattoos on the flesh of the. Uh, citrus yeah and it's lovely really pretty yeah. yeah and it still smells really nice so that's yeah a fun so that's a fun thing. one and that's easy for people to do even if they're like if your hands are you're not as coordinated right. or like children yeah and you know. one thing that we didn't mention that we're mentioning here in this podcast is if you really want to make sure that it it uh dries perfectly like you don't want to shrink as much you can get some orris root powder oh and yeah roll it in the orris root powder that makes sense yeah yeah yeah, but I didn't have that at the time, and and I think we have the patience to wait a month yeah, for it to dry. Exactly. Well, the orris root will also help fix the scent, right? Yes, it's used as a fixative in right. perfume and industry mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. Yeah, and you can make your own orris root by just taking your irises, just the standard irises, the long rhizomes, and then putting them in a cutting off the green part, putting them in a paper bag. Marking a date when you're doing this, mark what it is and mark a date because I will tell you once they have dried, they don't look like an orris root anymore. They uh-huh. look like something unpleasant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but once they're all dried up, uh, you want to wait for a couple of years. Yeah. So you can see how it'd be so simple to forget what it right. is. And then after it's all dried up, then you can usually, you know, break it apart and put it in a grinder and you've got your own orris root powder. And nice. after a couple of years, then it starts to smell. Right. And considering how rampantly irises grow, right. I mean, it really makes sense to make your own. Yeah. Because it's so a little easy. spendy to buy. Yeah, it is. it is. But you certainly can. I mean, right now, if you wanted some orris root, you know, easy to, to uh, order from Mountain Rose or something like that. Sure. Yep. But yeah. you can make your own. You definitely can. Yeah, we had another item that we made today, which was those uh, soaking salts, or what yeah. do they call them now? I, it used to be called bath salts, right. which I am really disgusted with the drug industry for having decided well, to not the drug industry. That. Oh. That's, that's, that's a drug industry. Yeah. The, the illegal drug industry. Well, yeah, the, the drug industry, not the pharmaceutical industry. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so, yeah, as far yeah. as I'm concerned, there's a difference. <laughs> they, they, they ruined it for us, but it is a, it's still. So, so the, those so of us who are salts. over 30 might know of them as bath salts, right. but everybody else calls them a bath soak, mm-hmm. which I find ridiculous. But it's what it a is. It's soak. a bath soak. Yeah. It's Epsom salts. Right. That which have is been, magnesium sulfate. And that. Uh, magnesium already relaxes yeah. the muscles. So it's yes. really, really great. And honestly, most people, it seems that we run into in our clinic, most Americans have a low magnesium diet. Yeah. So soaking in it is a really great way of Yeah, because your skin, well. your body just will absorb it so right. easily. So That's yeah, right. it helps relieve muscle cramping and twitching. So mm-hmm. if you're one of those people like me who doesn't always digest as well as one like, might like mm-hmm. due to hormonal changes right? right. <laughs> or old age or pretty much anything else. Mm-hmm. Stress. The, yeah, stress. Magnesium, mm-hmm. Epsom salts, soaking in some Epsom salts is really, really helpful, especially a little bit before bed. Yeah. About a half an hour yep. or so before you go to bed if you're doing a soak that's really nice if you have a high blood pressure for example Mm -hmm. the magnesium will help lower lower it so that you can 
yeah, as you said, digest things better and sleep better. Yeah. And then we're coupling that with some essential oils. Mm-hmm. And then we threw in some um, herbs to make it look pretty and also to give a little more of that um, scent to it. Yeah, one of the things. Yeah, it's such an easy one. I mean, even if you're not, even if you're not going to do the herbs part of it, I mean, it just takes about ten drops per cup, ten drops of essential oil per cup of magnesium Mm -hmm. salts, sodium sulfite, Epsom salts. (laughs) And there's, you you know, (laughs) you do your research. You have your favorite herb. Everyone's got their Mm -hmm. favorite little herb. Yeah, there's well, no reason why you couldn't put something stimulating to the skin, yeah. like a little bit of ci- a little bit of cinnamon. Yeah, if you're using cinnamon, use it's better to use the leaf, cinnamon leaf essential okay. oil instead of the bark. Mm-hmm. And either way, use a very small amount. So where you might use ten drops of lavender essential oil, use three, maybe four drops of cinnamon. Right. Go real careful. Yeah. On that same one. thing with ginger, just yep. a little bit. Yep, ginger's tiny bit. Ginger's a really nice one in a soak. It is, and it it couples well with some of these other high and low note scents as well. So the other thing about that is that's what's called a low dose botanical. You just Mm -hmm. need a little bit. Same thing with cayenne. I would not put cayenne in a bath soak. No, I don't. That would be cruel. Good idea. No, no. But it would be a pretty color. That would be bad. Yeah. Yeah, that would be a a good zinger. But But lavender and rosemary, those ones are high dose. Those make really good. Yeah. Then they're actually a really good pair because they're balancing. Yep. They're relaxing, but they don't put you to sleep when they're together. Yep. And you could do a a foot soak or hand soak as well. Mm -hmm. A lot of people, as they start to age or if you have a diabetes or something, uh, you know, edema or some other heart-related condition, then having a foot soak is great because yeah. your your uh, circulatory system well, at, the if, bot, at the bottom of your body will kind of fall If apart. they don't have a tub that you can soak in. Like yeah. our tub is too shallow to actually soak in. Yeah, yeah. we so have one of those ridiculously tiny tubs that you can't even sit in it as an adult. They're or, good for the little kids. They're good for three-year-olds. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, it's a but tub for an built adult for a three-year-old. One. It's right. super tiny and super short. And the, the drain is super short. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I could do a foot soak in my bathtub. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be fun to clean. Sure. Yeah, honestly, I have done that a few times where I'm taking a shower and I just plug the drain, pour some Epsom salts in, and I take a nice warm here. shower and I'm, you know, the water just builds up with the salt. Naturally, and, yeah. yeah. I mean, That's a good idea. You know, I've done that on occasion. And then Definitely. I take an extra long shower. Yes. <laughs> and I get the pounding on the door. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I just ignore them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we've, that's, we've stopped pounding. We yeah. Just, they just give up. We they just know. gave up. Yep, and that's a safe one for animals, too, that, you know, uh, animals that might have a nervous condition, chihuahuas. Oh, you know, yeah. I know people that they bathe their chihuahuas and they'll just put like a spoonful a of amount, Epsom yeah. salts yeah. and a, a little bit of um, herbs in there that help yeah. calm the the poor little animal down a bit. Yeah, you know? chihuahuas definitely have a really tight nervous They're system. Collies. Mm-hmm. Collies, definitely. They can they yeah. can get a bath with that in it and that makes it nice as well. Yeah. So, yeah, that's one of the ones that I thought that, I mean, that's fun and always feels good to get something like that, even if you don't have a great tub. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. We have a lot of stuff on our website, too, recipes for herbal vinegars. And, you know, herbal vinegars are becoming kind of a, a hipster thing. Yeah. They're becoming vinegars. high end. Well, They're awesome. They I are. Love great. <laughs> I love putting them in soups and stews because it brings things out. Throw a dash of that. I have this one that's cranberry. I put uh, just dried cranberries mm-hmm. in uh, balsamic vinegar. 
and let oh, it soak. Oh, nice. And throwing that in like a little stir fry, it brings a lot of stuff because nice. it's sweet and tart and oh, it's yeah. very delicious. Excellent for salad dressing too. Yeah, that would Excellent. be. I hadn't, yeah. I hadn't actually thought about that. I was just, yeah. this is my cheat. <laughs> you know? But if you but you put s- that stuff into a beautiful bottle and tie mm-hmm. a nice ribbon around it, and yes, that's a lovely gift. And the trick for that for the gifts is you soak it ahead of time, and then yeah. you strain it out, and then you put the fresh herbs in. Right. Yeah. Now is the time to start the soaking, and then a few days or a week before you're going to give the gift, mm-hmm. strain it and put the fresh herbs into the jar. Pour right. the pour the herbed vinegar in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That just get pretty. a whole gallon of your white vinegar or whatever mm-hmm. your vinegar is, you apple cider vinegar or balsamic that you want to do, put the herbs in there, get it all done. And then you can do your pretty stuff with the smaller bottles and, yeah. and start saving your, your smaller bottles. Time to drink more wine. Yeah, exactly. Because you know? <laughs> some of those are... Holidays are coming. Pop open the wine. That's right. This is, this is for art. Yeah. Yeah. But vinegar isn't the only thing that you can soak that way. I mean, you can do herbed oils really well. That's true. It's a beautiful, wonderful gift. And then um, cordials. Mm-hmm. Yep. You've yeah. got some really fantastic oh, yeah. cordial My recipes. Favorite, that, and I put this on the site as the the Asian pear ginger brandy. Oh, that stuff is so good. It's very delicious. Yeah. Yes. And uh, also the, the one that was very popular with the hipster kids, because my kids are all that, a lot of them are that age, was right. the yeah. sour cherry brandy. Ooh. And it was blood red. Oh, I bet you they love they that. They love that. Especially <laughs> we put it in these little bottles and then we put a little skull and crossbones on it. Nice. You no, know, with a little red seal. <laughs> so, you know, cute. It's very cute. And that was really nice. And just a couple of a little warming spices in that one. Yeah. And I'll put a, a recipe on the website so people can enjoy that one too. And that oh, yeah. was pretty fast. You know, any of yeah. these really potent tasting yeah, things. Yeah, they, they, those ones are nice because they're they, done. They're done so fast. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's not like the oils. Like the herbed oils take a while unless you're heating them. Or the right. vinegars, they take a little while unless you're heating them. But yeah. the cordials, it, it's a matter of a few days. Most definitely. And if you're yeah. making those bath salts, we have a lot of other recipes for soaps. Like there's a, some, some simple ones where you're just grating up the soap. Mm-hmm. You know, and then you're adding some essential oils or, you know, what have you for making little soap balls and things. And those are... Oh, yeah. The recycled soap balls and the regular soap balls. Yeah. Those are very simple, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's kid-friendly. We have a kid-friendly version of it, too. We Because we all at the Practical Herbos, we have kids. So we try to make sure many of these recipes we put on there, there's something that you can do with your kids. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So we have those items and those are fun to add to a little basket with... We throw a loofah in there or something like that. Yeah. And that's it shows that you really yeah. were were caring and thinking about someone and you know, you're you're being practical, you're yeah. using your resources wisely. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a lot of fun, I, like I think. There's a couple of other items that I really like, uh things like little uh catnip mice. Oh the, yeah, that's right. That the catnip pets. mouse, those ones those are fun. Yeah. And we did that one Thanksgiving where uh, there's a huge group of us that have Thanksgiving together, being mm-hmm. from a large family and all. And I just put out supplies. And while we're waiting for the um, uh, feast to cook, then those people that had already brought like salads or, you know, things that we had right. then they sat there and sowed little catnip mice. 
And most Perfect. of them went to the Humane Society as, as donations. I hope your cats got to play with a few because that would have been oh, yes. a really lovely entertainment. Just watching the cats play oh, with the definitely. mice. <laughs> yeah. And you're, you know, you're, you know, and you can, you can check out the catnip smell and the cat, you know, yeah. the little bit of a more green than you get conventionally in a pre-done catnip mouse. Yeah. Yeah. So it's very potent and it showed on my cats. I can tell you what they, <laughs> their eyes got really big and they started acting super crazy very fast. You know, it's like, like rolling around and, and hit it. So it is a, it is an item that we do test on animals. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> One of the few, but yes. Yeah. And animals approve. At least cats do. They, they approve. definitely do. They most definitely approve. Yeah. So there's a couple yeah. of little things on the website that we hope that will make your your holidays bright. And it's just fun to have some of those ahead of time for birthdays as well. It's right. not, just, yeah. not just holidays. Don't forget the people that have their birthdays around the holidays. Oh, yeah. They should get an extra dose of holiday cheer, to be honest. Maybe yeah. some herbed wine. Oh, yeah. Herbed That's wine. That's what they should do. <laughs> yeah. Just, I like it with a, a little bit of get some white wine. And throw some dried blueberries in there. Ooh, yum. A little bit That's of citrus tasty. and, yeah, some basil, fresh basil. Oh, that would be so tasty. It's so delicious. That would be so tasty. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It makes it really nice. And then you can – that's a lovely thing to give to people too. So um, for more information, links, and resources that we mentioned on this program, check out our show notes on realherbalismradio.com. Now make sure that you sign up for our free newsletter, which includes links to recipes, how-tos, and our brand new ebook on chili pepper, as well as more detailed information on topics that we discussed on this podcast as we publish them on thepracticalopolis.com. Be sure to like us on Facebook, follow us on Pinterest, and join us in our conversations on Twitter. Now it's time for Herbalism and Homesteading News. Hey guys, today I want to talk about a story that we've got found here in the SALT, which is one of the NPR.org's um, columns. Mm-hmm. The name of the article is The U.S. Doesn't Have Enough of the Vegetables We're Supposed to Eat by Tracy McMillan. It was published on September 19th, 2015. And this one really stirred me up because I feel like it's impossible or darn near impossible to get vegetables of any kind of variety from mm-hmm. my grocery stores. Right. So how am I supposed to be eating them? I think that's one of the problems our whole country is having. Right, yeah. Well, a, a lot of it has to do – it's a complex equation. Mm-hmm. How many people really know how to cook the vegetables? A lot of people have very limited cooking skills. Oh, I find that so shocking. I've, <sighs> I've run into so many adults. I mean, adults, not yeah. even 20-year-olds, but adults that don't know how to cook. Don't know how to cook properly. They think cooking is opening a can, dumping it in, and, and boiling some pasta. And that's Macaroni not good. and cheese, yeah. That's the beginning of cooking, but... You know, honestly, you should know how to make a decent salad. Right. It's not rocket science. Well, I've had a lot of kids come over to my house, and we have a vegetarian household, so we're eating a a different variety Mm -hmm. than a lot of kids are used to. And we had one kid that came over, and his dad says, here are the five things that my son will eat. Four out of the five were meat. Right. The other thing that he would eat um, that wasn't meat was uh, lettuce, this was his salad, and he would have sliced tomatoes on it. Wow. And lettuce and tomatoes, according to the article, are two of the vegetables that we're actually right. getting. The third one being potatoes. Yeah. Which I've always thought of as almost being a non-vegetable vegetable. I mean, technically, it's a vegetable. 
Lettuce. And it's not bad. Mm-hmm. No, potatoes. Oh, potatoes. Oh, potatoes. potatoes. Yeah, yeah, there's some great they're stuff not, about you know, it. They're not bad or anything. It's uh-huh. just that they offer so many carbohydrates mm-hmm. for and calories for what they are and a relatively low number of nutrients for the number of calories you're getting off of right. them. Right, especially if you don't keep the skin. Yeah. Right, right. The skin right. has got a lot Or if you fry of... them in oil and eat them as chips. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, if you take, yeah, any antioxidants, you just fry the heck out of those antioxidants. Yeah, Get exactly. those out of the Get way. Get them out. Yeah. yeah. So I've, I've always thought of potatoes as being one of the non-vegetable. I don't count them. I count them with my grain group, actually, mm. even though they're technically vegetables. But mm. when I'm looking at trying to balance my meals, I'm like, well... Potatoes and rice fall in the same category because right. of starch. The, they're a starch. Yeah, they're yeah. starchy and they're wonderful. But yeah, in the know. restaurant, when you're doing making a restaurant, they say, "What is your?" You know, there are three. It's going to be your protein, your starch, and your veg, right? Mm-hmm. And potatoes always fall in that starch category. They never fall in the uh, vegetable category, right? Mm-hmm. So, and tomatoes are the ones are ones that I have seen in various different like nutritional things that they're really good for you in small quantities, right? That we need you lycopene. Really, we do need that, which yeah, is in tomatoes. And, exactly. Yeah. They're really mm-hmm. good for you, but in small quantities. They shouldn't be a large percentage of your diet. They should be a small percentage, yeah. like a treat. Right. You know, tomatoes should be more like a treat, yeah. not, you know, they the mainstay ballast mm-hmm. of the diet. <laughs> yeah. And and technically, tomatoes are, in fact, a fruit. Yeah, so exactly. So you, you yeah. and our, our, one of our three primary vegetables is actually, is actually a fruit. A fruit. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, how many people are eating the eggplant or the zucchini or oh, the beet yeah. greens? or And those things are all so bloody expensive at the grocery. Right, they are now. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. frustrating. If you want to go to get good uh, vegetable variety, you need to go to one of the ethnic markets. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's one of the one of the places you can go is to a very high-priced store which they have a yeah. big variety of them like expensive dandelion greens and things yeah, like that or you can have the privilege of living in for instance i have the privilege of living in a low income neighborhood <laughs> so we have a variety of different grocery stores tiny little hole in the walls that have a huge you know you can get cactus um pads at you know the nepals and etc right. and a variety of things like that within walking distance nice that's yeah. what you got but if right. you're living in in suburbia, most out of here, a, most of the population of America is living in suburban or semi-rural mm-hmm. or small city. Yep, gentrified cultural. What are we stuff. looking at here? You know, I right. mean, grocery stores with three rows of vegetables, and if you're lucky, there's organic vegetables. But probably the organic vegetables will be the exact same varieties as the conventional ones. Mm-hmm. So you can have iceberg lettuce that's conventionally grown or organically grown. But you don't get other choices, like, right. you know, where are your deep green leafy stuff? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I, even if you go back to lettuce, I remember going to Nebraska and a friend of mine's dad, we were talking about lettuce and he said, there's other lettuce than iceberg. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. He didn't know so about he romaine. He was a farmer. And yeah. And he didn't and he was an know actual red farmer. leaf or Boston. <laughs> yeah. He was like, what? Yeah, uh, there's other lettuce, <laughs> right? Yeah. right. And I would bet that in the study that they where they were looking at, you know, the top three vegetables, and they put lettuce up in the top. I would bet you anything that a vast majority of that lettuce was iceberg. Oh, sure. Which is one of the least nutritional of the lettuces, right? You know, and the least tasty too. I like I like iceberg. You know, it's okay, it's but so watery. I just yeah, know. and you can't cook with it. I like the I romaine. Can't, I, I'm better. sure you can make spring rolls. I'm sure you could make spring rolls out of them. But Why would you? 
I don't know. I don't have iceberg at my house. We so don't we, do it either. Yeah. We, we like the romaine and it. the green leafy and yeah. the red leafy and the spring mixes. And yeah. Things like that. I think there's a quote here in the, in that article and it says, if more Americans got used to eating more fruits and vegetables, they might be demanding more of it. But it's really hard to demand something you've not grown up with. Correct. Right. Yeah, and I think that, that is the case. I mean, for the last 30 years, I mean, think of your grocery store. I remember the first time I saw a star fruit. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. We thought that was I was like, was what, is, what is this? Oh, my God. Right. And uh, we ate it. We, I didn't care for it, but at least I, it's something new. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and I think there's another. The, is it kiwi. Kiwi. Yeah, kiwi. when Kiwi one. came in, I was like, what is this? It's yeah. furry. Yeah. You know? But then I loved it, and now it's a thing that you see almost in every grocery store. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But as soon as someone's, you're, the consumer is made aware of it and they like it, then they may want to continue to have it. Mm-hmm. And that's, the, I think, the issue here is, just like you say, everyone said here, there's so many grocery stores you go to, there's three or four aisles of groceries, and, and, and two of them, two and a half of them are devoted to potatoes, tomatoes, and onions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's like the same tomatoes. Right. Just one type of tomato. Beef not Because yeah. there's so many variety of tomatoes. Oh, heavens, but, yes. you know. Mm-hmm. You get your beefsteak tomatoes, you get your waxy Roma tomatoes, and if you're lucky, they'll have the really little high-priced cartons of grape-sized mm-hmm. cherry tomatoes. Yeah. And they're all red. Mm-hmm. And that's the standard grocery store fare. I'm like, that's lame. Yeah. You know, so many uh, potatoes, the same thing. You get three types of potatoes of the hundreds, literally hundreds of potato types out there. Mm-hmm. We get to choose from three. Yeah. So we need to have so between worry. two to three cups of vegetables every day. Mm-hmm. That's what we need. And the average American gets 1.7 cups per day. It makes you think, what the heck are people eating? I, I mean, in our I house, we, in our house <laughs> Meat, we definitely yeah. get mm-hmm. a lot more. We get our right amount of vegetables. It's just not always probably the healthiest mix. You know, because I would like to have more variety and I get bored. And then mm-hmm. when I get bored, I don't cook well. Right. <laughs> yeah. right I know. When daikon <laughs> radishes are available in stores, oh. those are amazing, grated up on salads and they're so oh, delicious. Braised. We braised them you, with oh. walnuts in the spring. Right. But you, it was a honey braised sauce. It was so good. Sorry. Yeah, but good. I think you made a good point there. And, and this just illustrates earlier is that you said, how many people don't know how to cook this stuff? Mm-hmm. If I'm in the grocery store and I don't know how to cook and I pick up a daikon rash, what am I going to do with right. this? This giant oh. white carrot. Yeah, thing. I don't know. Right. And, and, and I have to research. I have to find. And then, oh, yeah. and then and then will my family even eat it? Right, right. right. I've know? gone with yeah. the daikon, for example, walk through the grocery line. I put down my groceries and the cashier who works there right. picks up this. I don't know what this is. I don't, what is, what yeah. is this thing? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> How do you? Yeah. What are you? I don't well. even know the name of it. So then we have the conversation about it. And, right. Right. Absolutely. And it's, yeah. yeah, I love that about daikon and other uh, uh, vegetables is that they have such a variety of things you can do with them. And that's whether like you bake them, you saute them, you mm-hmm. steam them. Roast There's so many them. ways. Roast yeah, when them. Yeah, you roast them. Yeah, and you it know, changes Shred the them, mm-hmm. you know, dice them, put them in, you know, stir fries and long shreds, mm-hmm. uh, you know, julienne them. There's so many things you can do, but it, requires um, it comes down to that, you know, time and everything else and skill and learning it mm-hmm. and, you know, or, and having or wanting to. A lot of people are like, I don't want to know. Right. They don't okay. want to know and they're not used to it so it doesn't taste good to them. My husband, for example, is from LA and, and you'd think the land of, of the fruit basket and the you know, all these things that are grown right, in that yeah. area. 
but his vegetable content was whatever was put on top of a hamburger. Right. Oh god. So, so the potato lettuce, or the tomato. tomatoes. The <laughs> so it was the a, side of fries. The kind of food <laughs> yeah. that I was used to. My mother was a big gardener. That was all. He didn't even know what half of those vegetables were. Right. So right. introducing that into his diet, a lot of times he would try it and like, nope, nope, I don't like it. Right. We'll try it again later. Right. No, I well, mm. and then after a while, it became a part of his diet. Twenty years later, right? But that's <laughs> yeah. just because he has but, an annoyingly yeah. stubborn wife. You know, he keeps <laughs> just like, I like it. I'm going to eat it. You try it again. <laughs> you know. But yeah, right. if you don't have that in your in your background, why would you? Why spend the money? Right. On something you don't think you're going to like. Well, for those of us who do want variety and apparently don't make up the critical mass necessary to change our grocery stores policies what can we really do i mean we can grow our own if you're a very exceedingly poor gardener like me that's going to be problematic so you'll mm-hmm. have to find good gardeners like sue <laughs> well, to lean off of <laughs> i think sue had sue had one was um a, a good asian store mm-hmm. is going to have not only some of the basics like you know cilantro and asian or the and, mexican and, stores know, or the or the yeah the uh, mexican stores they're going to have different produce but also, if you're lucky enough to have uh, really good farmers markets in your area, right, right, you know, and we are, we we have our weekly ones, and then we have ones that are in business all year round, mm-hmm. uh, very close to us, and, and that's where we can get a variety of things. Like Candace bought carrots and this glorious. big bushel of carrots, and they were like every color under the rainbow. Oh, I think I think yeah. there was one orange carrot, and the rest were purple and the white and variegated, and, and they all know, taste a little. And they all different. had a different flavor yeah. and taste, mm-hmm. you know, which was great. So, yeah. but that there again, that's part of that solution. You have to yeah. hunt out the farmers markets, hunt out. The, it takes extra time yeah. to get yes. the variety, which is frustrating, right? Because yeah. if you it's go, not into like your, I've got less work to do than everybody else. Yeah. Right. You know, we all. So we go to the grocery grocery store. This we hit the produce aisle. We get our stuff. We get out of there, and we go home and make it. Mm-hmm. And that's it. We don't. You right. Know. But for neighborhoods that have food deserts, yeah, for example, a lot of where them. your grocery store is the Seven Eleven. Yeah, I mean, right. one of the things you can do is grow some of the variety of, like, you can grow peppers, chili peppers, on your back porch. Mm-hmm. They do well in pots, right? And relatively Cherry tomatoes, small pots. you can do that too. Yeah. Sure, tomatoes takes hey, yeah, no tomatoes, tomatoes take slightly larger pots, mm-hmm. but I mean, you can grow some things on your own. What else can you do in pots? Well, well I grew get lettuces, variety. different types of lettuces greens would grow pretty well. What, it was short. It was uh, fairly shallow. It became a sandbox after a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I agree with so that yeah, those could be done. Mm-hmm. Lots of herbs. You can grow lots of herbs. Yeah, in, in small areas. So that's some of them are great indoor. Another thing that you can do is start talking to your grocer. I was just going to say, yeah. if you are don't have access to that in your grocery store, talk to your grocer. They won't put in stuff that people aren't asking for. Yeah. That's you know? true. So if more and more people ask them, hey, I want this stuff. Hey, I'd love to have this here. And they'll start to put it in. I've mm-hmm. heard about those Russian fingerlings. Let's right. get those potatoes in. At yeah, least. exactly. And they're going to be mostly potatoes. At least have variety of potatoes. Yeah. yeah because they're, you know, even if it's a, a chain like Albertsons or, or Safeway or you know whatever, they have a large catalog of produce to choose from. Mm-hmm. They right. they bring in what's going to make them profit, and they bring sure. in what people want, what people are yeah. Yeah, and what people are asking for. So if enough people ask for it, they'll bring it in. Yeah. But right. It's got to sell, stay. Yeah, so. and it would be ideal if it was local. You know, something that would reflect the local culture. Well, sure. There's a lot mm-hmm. of stuff, southern food that relies on stuff that grows right around there, like okra. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah something pumpkin. that grows down there, or pumpkin grows really well down there. Yeah, a yeah. whole bunch of different things that. 
that are very good in regionalism that go good with regional foods. And fortunately, mm-hmm. now we have this trend towards celebrating the regional foods rather than saying, you know, oh, McDonald's would look really great right there. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Well, like our Fred Myers do that. They, they tell you where they're getting mm-hmm. all of their stuff. And right. um, Albertsons, our local Albertsons does say some of that. And, yeah. Um, you know, yep. so it's a, it's the market's demanded it. So that they're starting to put it in. But, yeah. I think the important thing is to just keep asking the grocery store, the guy in the produce department, you know, can we get more than one kind of lettuce? Yeah. You know, where are or different types of fruit? I wasn't, yeah. I think I was 17 when I first had a blueberry. Oh, wow. Holy man. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, we grew up on mainly water. apples and oranges. That was like through the winter. That was all you had. Yeah. Right. It was really Great. boring. It was really boring. Really boring. Bananas, apples, oranges. And it was a limited number. It was only the navel oranges, only Leaf, the red yeah. or golden delicious. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe right. Granny Smith if, you know, mom went crazy. You're right. <laughs> but yeah. yep. here we at least have a bigger variety of apples, usually year round. Mm-hmm. But So yeah. if you want better produce, ask for it, demand it, and try to find it out. Because it's not just going to appear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Try to get signed up with farmer co-ops, farming um, yeah. the co-ops where they deliver the CSAs. CSAs, CSAs yeah. yeah, those things. Yeah, where they deliver the little cartons of vegetables. And for, watch your health improve. Yeah. Herbalism 101. This is part of the show where Sue and Candace answer a listener question or teach you about an herbal definition or term covering basic to advanced herbal knowledge. If you would like the dirt on herbs, herbalism, or anything else related, you can send your question using our simple contact form at realherbalismradio.com slash herbalism101. If we choose your question for the show, we will send you a free PDF ebook, Natural Nutrition by the Practical Herbalist, currently available for $4.99 at the Practical Herbalist store. Here's Candace and Sue to discuss this show's Herbalism 101 topic. Today's question comes from Donna. Donna asks, does comfrey contain B12? I read in one of my herb books that it does. There are so many questions about B12, and if there are any plant sources of it, thanks. B12. Actually, I don't really know the answer to that, but I bet you you do, Sue. Oh, boy, yes. (laughs) Uh, Comfrey does uh, have B12. It's not only in the root but it's in the leaf. And normally nice. I, I endorse if people are going to be using comfrey internally, they're using the leaf. Right. Yeah, I, I have to admit that I use both, but I don't use either of them on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah, it's it's got a mm-hmm. lot of uh, vitamins and minerals in it, the B1, B2, C, E, A, pentheic acid, calcium, iron, manganese, and phosphorus. Those are all... Uh, nutrition that you can find in the in comfrey and naturally it'll have more of it if it's raised in a nice organic good soil environment yeah i know comfrey leaf is one of the ones that's highly recommended for barnyard animals especially chickens Mm -hmm. oh yes good one for helping with egg laying yeah yeah my my chickens don't get any other supplements other than what i've got growing in my yard or um, i do put out in the winter i'll put out some oyster shell Right. And they'll they'll eat that, yeah. but there's so much stuff. It's so easy it to grow comfrey. It's hard yeah. to get rid of it. Yeah, but it's yeah, they, easy to they, grow it. The comfrey has managed to survive under my giant laurel hedges, and yes. not much else survives under them. Yeah, so. and that's an if you're growing it, that's one of the ways to control it because if it goes in a nice sunny spot, then it's just going to go everywhere. Yeah. But if you yeah. have it underneath one of those plants that keeps control of the soil, like walnut or oak. 
or holly, any holly, holly anything laurel. that other plants laurel. have. A, laurel, yeah, <laughs> yeah any both plants that laurel. have a hard time. Uh, they, it, nothing else seems to grow under it. Then you can put a mint or a comfrey underneath it. But there are a bunch of other. Herbs. Yeah, I was gonna say, what are the other sources of B twelve? If that's if that's what you're after, is the B twelve? The B twelve, right? Is probably it? for a vegan diet. Uh, then the spirulina is a good one. Blue green algae, chlorella. That's another algae. Uh, mushrooms are oh, yeah. fantastic. Oyster mushrooms are delicious. Oh, and at least in our grocery stores, oyster mushrooms are sold in the bulk section. Mm-hmm. So yep. nice and easy to get fresh oyster mushrooms. Oh yes, and there and they have quite a bit of morels, uh, chanterelles, mm-hmm. fermented products have mm. a lot of B twelve like in soy, it. soy tofu. Yeah, nice. all of those, all of the tempeh, those soy products, and even soy products are, are sorry, even just. Um, uh, kombucha, right. uh, different products like that that are mm-hmm. fermented because, you know, it is, it, it's a viable, it likes to be on living things. So a so lot of something like a sauerkraut and pickles likely yes. to have B12 as well. Here's another way. Mm-hmm. It, people that live in India and they have a vegetarian mm-hmm. diet, when they move to England, for example, where food sanitation is a little bit different, right. they all of a sudden have trouble with B12. And the and again, ah, it points yeah. to food sanitation. Right, right, yeah. Because like even making your own yogurt, I mean, in India, your yogurt would have more more, more of those that. little critters, just, which are full of B twelve. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, sometimes our sanitation is wonderful. Sometimes it causes us a little bit of trouble. <laughs> but yeah, we do have a book called the Natural Nutrition Book. It's uh, herbal and food sources for the fifteen vitamins and minerals you need most. And we do have it in our store on the Practical Herbalist site. And it has a list of other herbs and sources for B12 if you're curious. Yes. And in fact, Elena, we'll be giving you one of those for free. Thank you yes. so much for asking a wonderful question for Herbs and or for Herbal 101. Yeah. Well, and you can also get that free if you sign up for the newsletter. Oh, yes, that's right. Right. So yeah. if you don't want to spend $4.99 and you just want to spend up for the sign up for the newsletter, You'll get it free. Mm-hmm. And if you sign up for the newsletter, then you find out what's new on our site and we'll let you know about some of the other ebooks that we've got published or, you know, the new podcasts or just the, the gossip, the practical yeah. list gossip. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to Real Herbalism Radio. Your hosts have been Candace Hunter and Sue Sierra Lupe. To find more information and recipes from today's show or to leave a comment or suggestion, Visit us online at realherbalismradio.com. If you're feeling social, you can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash thepracticalherbalist. Don't forget to look up our ebooks and herbal folios at amazon.com. Use the search terms practical herbalist. This show has been sponsored by Mountain Rose Herbs, purveyors of high quality organic bulk herbs, gourmet spices, loose leaf teas, essential oils, herbal extracts, and natural body care ingredients. You can visit them at mountainroseherbs.com. If you'd like to sponsor Real Herbalism Radio, just contact us through our website at realherbalismradio.com slash contact. Until next time, this is Patrick with Real Herbalism Radio and The Practical Herbalist.